Okay. Hold on one second. Hey everybody, this is Gay and Bruno Between the Sheets podcast. We're on the first and third Friday of every month. This is our last show for 2020. Our guest is on the line with me now. I'm trying to get her back up and running. So call us, it's Thelma Houston. Don't leave me this way, 323-524-2599. Um, ladies, talk amongst yourselves while I get the technical thing. I'm going on mute. Tell yes. what you've been doing. Okay, sorry. Well, uh, yes. We were talking about our Christmas plans and Hanukkah and everything. I'm Mara, and um, good to be with you guys. And we have Durga, who hasn't been on the show for a very long time, who's one of our, uh, the older, she's been on the show as a co-host longer than I have been. Yeah, I was back on. Hey, Tony, Tony. It's, it's, she's, in. she's in? Okay, she's in. Thank you so much, Lo. Bye. Uh, okay. I'm happy to be back, especially with the the Grand Diva, Miss yes. Bell Houston. Okay, yes. so that was a quick that was a quick thing. Hi, this is Gay and Bruno. <laughs> Welcome oh, to the podcast. Hey. <laughs> um, three, two, three. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, Thelma, we've been in the studio in Burbank. Three, two, oh, three. Oh my God. Five, two, four, two, five, nine, nine. None other than this is our Christmas show. The end of 2020. We hate 2020. Let's move on to 2021. Positive, positive light. Thank you, universe. Bring us some good luck. Um, but three two three five two four two five nine nine. We have our first diva, our first diva here in the house on Zoom on between the sheets. I am so honored to have her. I've known her. I mean, she doesn't really know me, but I've known her for years. Um, I, as you all know, I used to do the uh, LA Pride and Long Beach Pride um, tents for the main stage, and Thelma always, always was there. She was a staple. She was an icon to all of us in the LGBT community. She has always stood up for our rights. She has always spoken up and supported us. Even when I started in 1999, there were people that didn't even want to get on our stage because they didn't want to be affiliated with the LGBT community, but that never stopped Thelma. And in Thelma's whole life and whole career, she has been a trailblazer. And for everyone and everything, she's involved with Project Angel Food. I'll tell you what wonderful things she's doing with them. But how I remember Thelma was New York in the club scene. I never saw her, but her song, Don't Leave Me This Way, which you all know impacted my life immensely. I love to dance and it in the, in the time that it came out in disco, I was a disco gal. It was the ultimate freedom. And it was an anthem back then and even now. And what you most of you all don't know is Thelma used to be with Motown. She was the first solo female artist at Motown to win a Grammy award for the best R&B female wow. vocal performance with that song. So, you know, you say, Thelma Houston, don't leave me this way. Well, that's what she's known. That's what her, I guess, maybe one of the marks, but she is, she is just, she's got a lot to tell. She's got a, a big story and um, I'm glad she's joined us so we can hear about it. So Thelma, welcome to our show. Well, thank you for having me. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so Thelma. Thank you. Yeah. No, wait, wait a minute. I just got to say, you look good, girl. You do. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
You look, you great. look great. Thank you so much. Thelma's Thank you. Thelma's a baby. She's only turning 25. Yeah, I, right. I, <laughs> where y'all yeah. get your numbers Times from? Times three, yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so Thelma, I mean, I know you've done a million interviews, um, but for some of the listeners or watchers or viewers, um, how did you start? I know you were born in Mississippi, a, a native. Um, but how did you get into the music business? How did you, like, was that your calling? I mean, how did you realize this is, this is what I want to do? This is what motivates me. Well, yeah, you're, you, yeah, I'm from Mississippi. I was born in Mississippi and lived there until I was 10 years old. And, uh, uh, I started singing, I guess when I was about the, the, the lady that was my babysitter, uh, I was about three years old and she was a piano player for the Sunday school. And so as she would practice her songs for the upcoming um, uh, Sunday school services, she noticed that I could sing the songs. I would know when to come in. I would know the words. I would know. And so she said, oh, this child can sing. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if she did it like that, but at any rate, <laughs> Uh, at any rate, uh, I started singing at that time uh, in church on all the church programs, you know, uh, Christmas, Easter pageant, Christmas program, Mother's Day, whatever. I was there. And, uh, and it just kind of continued. And it was always within the church as I continued to grow older. And when we moved to California um, uh, at the age of 10, I, I started singing again in the church out in Long Beach. And that kind of was my, my foundation. And then um, uh, I got into a group, a gospel group when I was in high school that was formed out of our church choir. And we got a, we got a, um, a recording contract with Capitol Records. And uh, it was from that that I got my own solo contract with them. And then from that, I, um, my manager introduced me to Jimmy Webb. And Jimmy Webb produced my first album and it was called Sun Shower. That was 1969. And wow. um, it kind of went from there. Wow. But I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a how-to. I mean, these people, these young people nowadays, they have, man, they have all these different venues. They can go on this show. They can do that. They can do that. They can you know, get a, you know, all they gotta do is get some followers behind them. If they get, million followers or whatever, then they can kind of, you know, create their own niche and what they want to do it was a different, it's a different world now. But back then it was by, uh, you know, talent. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. And, and you hit the nail on the head. I mean, all these music shows, you know, I'm not saying that a lot of those kids aren't talented. No, no, no. I think, I, no, I think it's all good. I think, I think that's good. The only thing for me is, you have all of this um, attention. You have, uh, you know, all of the, so much exposure uh, for a brief period of time. But then once that show ends and you have to go out there and be in the real world, yeah. then sometimes you're limited because you're, you, you, you haven't had the opportunity to, to uh, learn your craft by doing. And I think the only way you can learn it uh, the art and I, the art of performance is by doing it. Yeah. 
And, and you do it on a smaller scale, a smaller level, where you can make your mistakes and you can do, you know, say, you know, and but nobody's there, you know, the whole world isn't looking at you making it. Because if you're <laughs> in front of the whole world and you make a mistake, like, uh, you know, that could be the end of your career, you see? Yeah. So it's, it, 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 it's good and bad at the same time. But and in my humble opinion. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's just walking out on stage and looking fabulous and opening your mouth and going, oh, like that. But it's not. You got to be able to walk out on stage, look fabulous, open your mouth, deliver your song after you have been riding in a van for 14 hours or after you have been flying, you know. Forever and get there before, just in time for sound check, maybe. Right? And <laughs> maybe not. And you have to deal with, Man, I did a gig in, in England once where the sound man was just the most, you ever do a gig where it's the most negative man in the world who just hates everybody? Oh, lots of them. And you have to win <laughs> that sucker over. You gotta <laughs> win him over and hope that you know, that the sound, you know. Yeah, we have to learn, we have to learn public relations, <laughs> right? You mm -hmm. know, excuse me, yes, that was beautiful what you played but could you just not put so many little things and it just play, you know, what's on the on the chart there, you know? Mm. <laughs> you, say, you know, you can't say, what are you, what is that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'll cut the bitch out, I don't care. I'll, <laughs> I'll be looking at the sound man like, when I get off this stage, I'm gonna snap your, your heart out through your throat <laughs> if you make but me sound like true. but it's true i mean i managed a couple of bands back in the day and they were 80s bands and you know we'd get to these arenas and if it was an arena or a club that like did rock music and they were 80s new wave and you and we'd go there for sound check and the way that the, the board up would just sit there and it was like this is not heavy metal it's new wave i can't tell you how many times I used to sit there and go, please step away. And I ran the soundboard because yeah. it just drove me crazy. It's like, if you want an artist and especially like iconic artists that have hits, people want to hear the song, the way it sounded. The way it's on the record. <laughs> on the record. Wow. And they don't want anything new. They want what's on the record. The record. And they want <laughs> you to sound like that too. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, Even 90,000 years later. Yep, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. You can't change. Okay. Hey, Tony, do you Wait have that? Tony, Tony, do you have um, Thelma's hit queued up? Don't leave me this way. Yes, we do. I just, Thelma, would you mind if I played a little bit of Don't Leave Me This Way just to bring us all back to memory lane? Do you mind? No, I don't mind. All right. <laughs> Get it, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, we're what not going to hold on. This is more important, actually. We'll go back to Don't Leave Me This Way. But um, remember, Thelma said she hooked up. I mean, not hooked up, but you know what I mean? Met Jimmy Webb. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I we know we never hooked up. I got too much information. Oh, you Thelma, and Thelma <laughs> met Jimmy Webb. <laughs> but actually, what's really important now is um, she's got a new single that's streaming now. I mean, it's current on all music oh. platforms. And this is the video and it actually is back her and Jimmy Webb and it's called Somebody is Standing Outside. It's available on YouTube. So let's play that since that's current and then we'll take everybody down memory lane.
Okay, Tony, now we can do that one. <laughs> was a preacher, a plain self-taught teacher. The world was confusing for him, just like you. A life simply led from the book that he read. And he said something once, and I think it was true Live and let live Love and be loved Give and it shall be given So wow. how did that come about? How did you sort of reconnect with Jimmy? How did this all, you know, come to fruition? Well, um, I was watching TV. This was during the lockdown. <laughs> Initial, the first part of it. And Yo-Yo Man was on uh, PBS. He was on uh, one of those shows on PBS. I'm not sure which one. But he was saying that uh, how he was hoping with this lockdown and not being able to do concerts or whatever. And he said that different people, his musicians, friends uh, and associates were sending him music that they were doing at home. And so he would, he would play it, 
put it on TV and like, so I thought, hmm, maybe Jimmy and I can do something like that. And I was thinking of it from that standpoint to just to do something and get it on. And so I called Jimmy and uh, he liked the idea. And, uh, and so, but then he didn't get it back to me until two months later. <laughs> Because he's a very busy man. <laughs> no, it's because he was trying to, he was figuring out how, how he could do, he didn't want to just do something and put it on. And so he, he came up with the idea of doing him. He was in New York. I was in LA. The uh, choir is in Canada and the producer was in Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. And so it came up and, and Jimmy um, had seen uh, some of the marches, the Black Lives Matter, marches and so he was putting it all together for that because i feel and he we we feel that what's missing now is that element of love and and not taking everything there we have people now that don't even care enough to wear masks you know yeah. what i mean so we we, we we've got to open yeah. and let and and open your heart and open it open it wide and let other people because somebody is standing outside you know there's somebody that really needs us and Absolutely. so that's why we have to do and give and be what we can. And, and that, that's, that's what I've learned. And so what started out as just something to do out of boredom turned out to be something that, that really has a meaning and has, has a, a, a real message. So it. everybody, if you, you want to see us, hold on, hold on, I'm going to do a plug. So if anybody wants to see this song, obviously you can keep watching the show over and over again and cue it, but also <laughs> it's available on YouTube. So it is called Somebody is Standing Someone is Standing Outside. outside. Uh -huh. Thelma Houston and Jimmy Webb. So Yes, and Jimmy wrote that song as a tribute to his father who was a who was a minister. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh -huh. Nice. Sorry, sorry. I was only going to say like Jimmy Webb, I I I can you he's a brilliant songwriter I know but can you remind us of some of his amazing songs? Because that was beautiful. Um, I love the chords. Okay, some of his songs were like, um, the way I met Jimmy was uh, uh, um, Mark Gordon introduced me to him. And Mark Gordon was the manager of the Fifth Dimension who had Up, Up, and Away. And so, One Less Bell to Answer. Up, up and a, I'm sorry? One Less Bell to Answer. One yeah. Less Bell to Answer. I love no, that, that song. That, that was, Jimmy didn't write that. No, but I like the song. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy wrote Wichita Lineman, By the Time I Get to Phoenix, Up, oh, Up, and Away, MacArthur Park. Uh, I mean, just, it goes on and on and on. He's just written multitude of songs. Mm. Nice. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's big. He's, he's huge. Yeah. yeah he's I'm huge. so happy he's still doing what he's doing because he created a beautiful song and it fits perfectly with you. So like, usually we go in the studio, we, we record. How was it? Was it odd for you like to do it in parts or the way you guys did it through the COVID thing? It was odd. <laughs> <laughs> Anything during this COVID thing, this is odd for me. <laughs> I know this is really odd, you know. <laughs> so I, this is all. I'm just. I. I'm just. You know. I'm. I just have to pat myself. Said Thelma. You know, girl. You okay? That's all right now, because this is all so new and for me. And I'm terrible with technology. Terrible. <laughs> and so it was very, very strange. To do it that way. I mean, we went in the, I, when I went to the studio here in LA, 
they came out to the car, they took my temperature, they walked me, they, they escorted me into the thing. I had to sign a disclaimer that I didn't, that I felt okay, I hadn't felt bad, da da da. There was plastic all on the floor. You go into the studio where you're gonna be recording and usually sometimes you say, I don't, back in the old days, <laughs> <laughs> when you're in the studio, you say, okay, run it down. Let me just sing it through one time while I'm out here, right? And you would sing it in the control, you know, in the room where everybody, you and the and the engineer, whatever, and the producer, whatever. Well, there was only the engineer this time, and you couldn't sing it in there. Oh wow. You can't do your you you have to go out into the studio. Oh yeah, into the sound booth by yourself. Nobody's out there. The person that took that video had to be way far away from me. That's why there was only one angle. <laughs> you know, and so it was all, and Jimmy, yeah, it was odd. It was odd. And I, I was amazed that it came together the way it did. No, it's 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 an ama- it, it, it's it's fun. It's fun to hear. It's not fun because we want to get back to normal. But it's yeah. fun to hear these stories and how everyone is adapting. Because for me, you know, music is life force. So yes. it's like you guys, when you were out there and you still proceed to do it and still put it out there, it's amazing. It is amazing because, you know, I, I, I like listening to music, but I miss live music. I miss going oh, to concerts. I, I, I do oh, oh, so much. And I miss performing. Ever. I miss it so much. And I mean, I didn't realize how much I <laughs> Until this, and it's like, oh my, is this what I, oh, okay. And then I want to say, okay, I do, I get it. I appreciate it. Okay. Okay. Right. Let me go back. I'm in gratitude. I am in gratitude for everything right now. Even, yes. the, shitty, even the shitty times, I'm in gratitude. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's Thelma, awesome. who was the choir? The choir is, they're, they're from Canada and they're from high, they're high school kids. Cool. Wow. High school kids, and they had they had they had submitted some music to Jimmy yeah. for uh, for Jimmy to hear because they wanted to do something with him, and so when uh, so Jimmy kept you know them in mind because he really liked them a lot, and so when this opportunity when this came up, he thought, oh, this is where they can fit in. This mm-hmm. this, this will be a good a good a good really good for them, and it did. It blended in really yeah. really well. With what it was perfect. I mean, yeah. more, more, more perfect and mar and like a perfect marriage. Yes. Video. It's so kudos, kudos to you and Jimmy beautiful. and the kids in the choir because it's thank beautiful, you, beautiful. Video. And, and, and and the vocal arrangements was done by a young lady who was like a high school. She's in high school. Those are her arrangements, vocal arrangements. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. What an opportunity. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, and 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 thank you, Trump. Let's keep taking music out of the um out of the school system. You know, really. And I'm so glad he's gone. Not to make it political. I'm so glad he's gone. See ya. Don't let the door kick you in the ass. Yeah, right. Um, exactly. <laughs> so um so now I want to take people down memory lane because I want to play. Don't leave me this way. And okay. Jenny compiled something that we're going to share the screen after. But uh, Tony, can we cue, please, don't leave me this way. Everyone, let's go way, way back. Get your dancing shoes on. (laughs) (laughs) 
to a million songs, but ask me what I ate for dinner last night. I could not tell you. I couldn't tell you what I ate for dinner. Menopause is a bitch, I'll tell you I what. tell you. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Jenny, last week, we had uh, two weeks ago, we had a show and it was a very uh, controversial show about COVID and Jenny was quiet. Jenny's a comedian, by the way, and she was very quiet and polite with the guests that we had on. Uh, uh. And then at one point, the guest said, Jenny, you're awfully quiet. And then Jenny let, the, let her have it um, in the most loving way about COVID and all this other stuff. Let's put it this way. She wasn't really buying with the program. But so Jenny, when, while we were queuing up, Jenny's like, well, I made, uh, I'm going to make up for last week. I made a video. <laughs> Um, as you do know that Jenny say how it happened because I don't want well, you know I know personally um, the communards I like theirs and there have been I think as you know 6,241 different covers of that song yes so <laughs> I didn't I was looking at some of the most of them kind of follow along the same the line of it but I found four songs one was a bossa nova version one was a reggae version one was an acapella group from the University of Pennsylvania and really? What was this group called? Disco and it's a it, they they take disco songs uh -huh. like Leonard Cohen would do them. So I put them all <laughs> together. If y'all want to, I think if we uh, if you're still letting me share my screen here, uh, hang on a second. Can you uh, can you let me share, Tony? Just let me know when to hit play, Tony. Oh, he's doing it now. I can see him. <laughs> Here we go. Ready? Try it now. Hey! <laughs> This is the reggae version. <laughs> yeah, mom. This is Kashif Lindo. Hey. <laughs> Come on, girl, it's satisfying to see me. 
An acapella group from the University of Pennsylvania. Ah, okay. Put the volume up, Jen. But I had never heard the version of Don't Leave Me This Way, and I was always been kind of insulted. <laughs> always felt insulted by the whole reggae nation because they didn't do much. So I'm glad that they've been redeemed. That's so cool. Thank yeah, you. I like You're it. welcome. You're welcome. It was really fun. That's to cool. Do you have a favorite version of, of your covers? <laughs> I, you know, I I like the Communards version. Yeah, I do too, actually. I yeah, like I, you know, one we were. I'm trying to remember what country we were in, but they were performing. They were doing a concert there, and I was at, I was going to do a concert the following evening, and and uh, uh, so I went to their concert, and I let their manager knew that I was there, and I said. Uh, we said we we were gonna do the song too, right? And when when Jimmy when he came up to do it to do the song, he started singing, and I got up from my seat with the mic and I started singing. Walked up to the stage, and he was like, he almost fainted. <laughs> oh, lovely! <laughs> yeah, that was so cool. That was great, and he was such a good um, sport about it. You know, he didn't like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he loved it. It was great. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Yeah. I mean, oh my god i mean i work on the grammys and i've worked on the i work at cbs that's my real job and um i've done the grammys for 31 years now and what i always loved about the grammys isn't the show it's about the rehearsals the week before yes and because you're getting a private concert and it was so amazing and what i loved about the grammys and i still do is they take pairings of people and i remember one year they had Tina Turner and Beyonce doing, mm. and I was like, 
oh my God, because it was just, it's amazing. And it's like, and it was a, one of Tina's covers. So, I mean, I always found, I always loved when you could have the original artist perform uh -huh. and someone who does a cover of their song and you have that marriage. To me, that is like music. That to me is music. History. Yeah. Yeah, it is. We want more of that too. And we will, we will. Yeah. Hopefully next year. Hopefully yeah. not on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't want to see it on Zoom. It's not the same. I don't it's not care. The same. So yeah. Thelma, who have been your influences over the past? Or who are your favorite artists? Or are there artists that you wanted to perform with and you still want to, but you haven't had the opportunity to? Well, this is going to sound horrible, but all the ones I've ever wanted to sing with and admire are all dead. Okay. Oh. So, uh, and I don't, but, but, my, but, but, uh, but I mean, my early influence is um, Mahalia Jackson mm -hmm. when I was a kid growing up and, uh, and, and Dinah Washington. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Dakota Staten. Um, Dinah Washington primarily. I wanted to do, I, that's what I wanted to be like. Uh, I thought I thought that she was so versatile. She could sing anything. She could do blues. She could do the R and B. She did the duet things. She could do show tunes. And every time she sang, whatever she sang, you could understand every single syllable that she was speaking. Unlike and I always, a speaker. Yes, and and <laughs> just uh, so that's why. And I never had an opportunity to meet her or anything, but that was my, that was my influence. You, when you toured with Sisters, uh, Sisters of Glory, you got to, uh -huh. and that was with CeCe Penison and Mavis Staples, right? With the, with the Pope. Right, project. right. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh -huh. Super cool. And Phoebe, and Phoebe Snow. Phoebe Snow. Oh right. my God, Phoebe Snow. Oh. Phoebe Snow. She's my favorite. Phoebe, why, why Phoebe, Snow, Phoebe Snow did a version of, of, uh, Mahalia Jackson, uh, one of Mahalia Jackson's songs that would knock you, blow your socks off. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I and, and I learned this. Uh, I didn't know this at the time, but Phoebe had come to uh, spend a lot of time in Los Angeles as a young girl, and went to James Cleveland Church all the time. Oh, oh. and that's yeah. So that was the that influence. But yeah. Yeah, How did you guys get to the Vatican, though, and we went to the Vatican. Yes, and we wow. sang, sang for the Pope. Yes, we did. We met the Pope, and I had an audience with him, and everything it was wonderful. Wonderful experience. Wow. Well, is there anyone that you wanted to work with? I'm not necessarily sing with, but like in composition and work with that you haven't had the opportunity to. That that's alive, maybe. Well, I'll say this: I have a song that was that. Uh, that I started, uh, it was, it was uh, uh, but we never finished it, never finished the production. And uh, that was with Stevie Wonder. And uh -oh. so, and so I know he's sick of me, but every time <laughs> I see him, I said, okay, so uh, how about that song, brother? <laughs> when, when are we gonna finish our song? It was a song called Let Him Talk. Uh -huh. And what happened, what happened was, um, we were in the studio, uh, Jim, uh, uh, Stevie was producing me on this song, it was called Let Him Talk. Um, and uh, we had finished uh, what we were gonna do that evening and um, Stevie's driver had not come back to pick him up. 
So I said, well, I'll, you know, I'll give you a ride to where you want to go. So here I am. And I'm Stevie said, okay. So Stevie gets in the car and my old beat up rundown, I don't know, whatever it was at the time. And I was, and I was thinking to myself, like, girl, you have done it, baby. You have Stevie one day in your car. Shit. I was like, just, I was just, but you know, on the, on the inside, but I was being very cool, you know, very, so we're driving and we get about a couple, two or three blocks away from the, from the uh, Motown recording studio and the car just stops. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my goodness. I had run out of gas <laughs> oh. on Santa Monica Boulevard. Oh, great. <laughs> Wonderful. And I had to maneuver Stevie and oh. all of his, like he had a satchel with his, you know, music in it. And, oh. you know, he had all these little electronic things. Stevie was always getting stuff way ahead of everybody else, electronic stuff and all this. So he had all of that. And we're walking down the street. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, Lord, this is the end of your career. <laughs> It is over. Get him back to the studio and just kiss your career goodbye. Because when they find out that you were with Stevie Wonder, their top person over there, and you did, oh, I was so nervous. Aww. So we, we got back to the studio in one piece and everything. He was fine. He was very cool. And, you know, oh, no, that's okay. That's, no, that's fine. It's fine. And, but he never called me back and said, oh, girl, let's go back in and finish that song. <laughs> so that's what I would like to be able to go back in and finish my recording with Stevie. I think it would be a good song for now. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a question. Is there anybody like contemporary that you've heard in passing and thought, ooh, that's kind of inspiring. That's kind of fresh. I that's I'm feeling that. Is there an, is there anyone in particular that's that's out like now doing stuff that you really like? Oh yeah, there's a lot of stuff out now. I mean, I can't, you know, there's um, as far now there's stuff that I like, but I don't know if it's necessarily stuff that I want to record. Right, of course, no, but that yeah. was just. Saying, but yeah, saying. there's lots of yeah, a lot of them I can appreciate. I like uh, that I appreciate. I like little, you know, who can really sing and people, people. I don't know if people know this, but the person that I think can really sing is uh, Rihanna. I don't know. Yeah. People, people might not have heard Rihanna, but Rihanna can really sing. Yeah. I mean, sometimes don't they don't like labels, even though there's not really labels anymore. But don't like once an artist is in a comfort zone, what they're known for, they mm. have noticed that sometimes they just because they know they're going to sell records or they know that they just don't branch out of sort of that box that they're well, in. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know. I think it's the record companies. They they have found a way to pro, to promote that thing, whatever it is, because they have never let me leave disco. Right. right. Even though I had a career before, don't leave me this way. Right. You know they may not have known it, <laughs> but I did. I was doing other material, you know, and I can do other stuff. But everybody thinks, and so right now, every that's the oh well. Thelma, well, you know, well, she's, you know, that's disco. We like her, but you know, that's disco. So it's, it's, it, it's, it's. I don't know if it's necessarily the artists, but the the record companies mm -hmm. put you into that. Yeah. Thing. Oh, hold on, ladies. And they will not let you leave it. We have a caller. We have a caller. Caller. 
Yay. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Between the Sheets. You're on the air with the ladies and Thelma Houston. You have, what's your name, please? Hello. My name is Tanya. Shake and bake. <laughs> hey, shake and bake. How are you? <laughs> Good. What's up, ladies? You guys all look great. Oh, yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, Tanya, do you have a do you have a question for Thelma Houston? I have a question. I I want to say I'm a big fan. You you have an amazing voice, Thelma. Thank you for letting me watch this. And if you ever want to come and be on a stage, I have stages. <laughs> <laughs> but not quite yet. Yeah. <laughs> and black women should be leading. So yeah, so you rock. You are. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Tanya. Bye, Tanya. All right. Thank Bye. you. Talk Bye. to you guys later. Bye. Later, Gator. <laughs> question for you, uh, Tanya, or Tanya. I have a question for you, Thelma. Uh -huh. um, you know, I was looking up some of your stuff and, and the things that you've done, like you said, they kind of kept you in disco, but you consistently worked musically from when, from prior to Don't Leave Me This Way to now. You're still putting things out. You had the, the cool, really cool album of, of covers, like women, of like done by men, but women's songs. Mm -hmm. You had a bunch of like really crappy things happen to you throughout the course. And you've, it seems like you've maintain such a good positive attitude you had uh, a couple you were speaking of Dinah Washington you were set to play her in a in a movie uh you were supposed to do Bessie Wa Bessie Smith in a movie and they like they started to happen and then didn't um uh, you know do do you know uh the the thing from Mahogany that they gave it that was supposed to be where you they gave it to Diana Ross do you know where you're going to so like all of those things where you're like this close and then it doesn't happen how did you um keep your positive attitude toward things did, did you what did you look to in your life to keep you going and you know help you just to keep pounding through and being talented and 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 current and, and relevant all this time well you know what i have always wanted to do is and i'll put it like this i'll put it i've always wanted to sing but I've always wanted my way of making a living to be through singing. <clears throat> and so that's been my goal. And uh, the other things aside of that, I mean, like the Grammy, I love that. That's great to, to get that, to get, to get that kind of recognition and all the other things. But I have always been able to, the only, once I started doing this and said, this is what I want to do. And this was back in night, it's been now 50 years. I haven't done anything but this. And so that has been, you know, if I don't, if that doesn't happen over there, then something else will come along somewhere else, but I'll still keep working. And I've never been, I've never been asked not to come back to when I've given a show to get out of here, don't come back anymore. They've always wanted me to come back. And so that's what's kept me going. I don't, I, um, uh, the other thing, the, 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 the Diana Ross thing was um, Mike Master, the one that wrote that song had been, um, had, had worked with me prior to working with Diana. He had been given the whole project 
to do with me to do songs he was to, he, he wrote songs and and all that and they, it was almost like they saw that that Michael Mike Messer had this talent but they said well let's see you know work with film over here you know and see what what he what he comes up with and um what he came up with at and when he handed turned it in turned it in they thought, well, this is a good album, but uh, and uh, oh, and Jerry Goffin, who was uh, Carol King's husband, was the co-writer of "Do You Know Where You're Going." So uh, they said, well, this 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 is good, but it, we don't think it's you know that good. We don't think it will work for that. But then they thought it would work for the movie and for Dinah. So it's just that's just how things happen. You know, it's about timing has a lot to do with it, and. Um, and I talk about that in my show. And Barry was in the Barry Gordy was in the audience when I was when I was and I and I was telling that that story. So afterwards, he came back to the dressing room and he says, and he was with um, with uh, Eddie 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 Holland, huh? and oh. he said to turn to Eddie, he says, Eddie, who gave that song to Diane? <laughs> <laughs> I said you <laughs> so he goes like uh, he has uh, he, you know he, he he can't remember those things but yeah <laughs> but you know you just you can't because this is that's the business and you yeah. just have to keep getting up you can't let it because everything is so wishy-washy and uh, you know how you know it it, it it and it changes it's continue constantly changing you know uh and what's good today is not good tomorrow but then it might be good next you know few few years down the road things you know it's just you just gotta first you gotta have passion for what you do right and i do i love what i do and that's how i that's how i stay i guess that's a long answer for that isn't no it? no that makes sense Totally perfect. Yeah, I just it, you know I because I never realized you acted and you were in quite a few things and yeah and, yeah. yeah. And now the Donna Washington thing that that the the, the Bessie Smith uh, that was that really was they they had written the script and all that but the Donna Washington thing that 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 wasn't a, a goal for me that was uh, because they had never her family her estate was not it was very hard to deal with that with that family so mm -hmm. that was never really that close. But the Bessie Smith one was very close, almost yeah. almost happening, yeah. Mm -hmm. I hear you were in Academy and Lacey. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yes, Cagney and Lacey. I did quite some, uh, quite a few stuff er earlier, you know, with 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 uh, television. I was I was uh, studying with a lady by the name of Joan Darling, who mm -hmm. was a very good uh, teacher and a producer and uh, I mean uh, director. And um, and so I I was doing a lot of stuff then, but now but then but but I think it's like anything with acting, um, it, you have to do it all the time. You got to stay in it, I think. And uh, and I I I don't I I dib, dibble dibble and dabble and you know, but my thing is the singing thing. So I actually have a suggestion for you. Um, have you ever, well, maybe you have, and I'm just not aware of it. Have you ever done any house music? Because I do house music and I yeah. think it would be a great transition for you. In fact, I, I had a, I had a house song <laughs> called I'm here again. I did, I did a, there was a, there was a concert last summer uh -huh. and it was called, what's the name of that group? It was a, 
20. Wait a minute. But it's huge in Chicago. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they have like 30 and 40,000 people there. Wow. At this, at this concert. It's out in the thing, out in this big thing. And they <laughs> wanted me to do my one song, I'm Here Again, mm -hmm. which is, they had done it at the house. Mm -hmm. And I and I recorded when I recorded that song. I didn't think about it anymore after that. <laughs> <laughs> and so this was like ninety thousand years later, and they wanted. So they said, just, just. I said, but well, that's not even the key that I do it. And I said, no, Thelma, just <clears throat> excuse me, just do it. And if you just do this one part, there's this one part in the song where it's or <laughs> some kind of thing. And they said, if you just do it, just do that, and that's gonna make the crowd go. I said. <laughs> and I did it and that crowd I have never heard a roar like that ever <laughs> and it was and it was that was from that house uh and it was this where they have all these DJs are playing all day long and they do it's like a whole weekend mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of the name of the name of it but you but if you do the house then you you're probably aware aware of that of that uh event uh -huh. right no i never i was uh i broke in the uk i was coming out of england so okay. i didn't do as much uh i didn't really tour in the u.s although i had a number one in the billboard dance charts in the u.s uh -huh. but uh i did all my touring in in europe and in uh -huh. the UK with, with my band blue pearl yeah but if you want to if you ever get the hankering to do a, a racy little duet i got one with your name <laughs> Mm. It's called Mama's Gonna Drive. It's about an older woman with a younger man. Ah. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Ooh, That's nice. style. Um, <laughs> but you know, you know who made, I mean, like seriously, you know, um, Jean McLean, otherwise known as Pepper Mache. She made yes. Pepper. I Pepper. Pepper. Yep. Pepper. I mean, and I love Pepper. She has made, I mean, that song, you want to talk about an anthem? About the bath, about the, about the pool. Let's get soaking wet. Get and soaking <laughs> wet in the pool. Yeah. In the pool. Because it was the theme to Queer as Folk. Yeah. And if it wasn't attached to Queer right. as Folk, I mean, you know, it would have been, but that was such an anthem. And it was, it was, what, it was Pepper Mache with Thunderpuss. That was the, mm -hmm. uh, the remixers. But, um, but yeah, I mean, house music was fun. I mean, it's fun. It gave pride anyway. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of the LGBT plus community, I'm going to transition for a moment. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, like I started earlier, you know, I, I was, I've been doing LGBT from 1999 to 2010 and mm -hmm. uh, mostly associated with WeHo. I programmed the main stage and I had also dabbled in everything up, up and down the coast. And as I said earlier, Thelma was always a champion and always like be the first to go, I'll do it, I'll do it. And even with the budgets, cause they always had, we always had budgetary issues and you know, we always paid the performers but it was never about the money for Thelma. It was about- But the, the fun, but the fun. Do, do you know, do you know what I, not, not this, of course we couldn't do anything this past Pride but I always, it, it's a thing, it's a, it's a thing for me, with me. I do, I go up, I go, I find my spot and I walk from, um, let's see, uh, Fairfax all the way over to San Vicente, 
stop at my little bars along the way, have my drink. Lovely. And I go, and I go in, and I go, I don't go like family, I go just regular, and nobody knows, and I go and have a ball. I mean, I do that. That's just part of my thing. I just go and enjoy it and have a good time. That and the Halloween. Oh yeah. Mm. yeah. 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 But my yeah. point is, is that you do it not because of Thelma Houston. You do it because you support us. And, yeah. you know, and she has had, you know, she was there at the forefront with the battle with AIDS and, and, and just, um, just telling people, you know, this isn't a bullshit disease, you know, right. this is serious. Right. And in 2003, the city of West Hollywood proclaimed Thelma Houston Day, January 29th. So yep, I celebrate that too. Oh. <laughs> a cocktail, I hope. Um, <laughs> and I go in and I started go to Mickey's and, and I'll go along. I says, well, you know, this is Thelma Houston Day. So <laughs> drinks are, drinks are what? On the what? <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, but she's also like included divine design for Project Angel Food, AIDS Project LA, and Minority AIDS Project, um, which she donated $20,000 of her winnings from a TV show, Hit Me Baby. Um, she also is active in the Beverly Hills and Hollywood branch of the NAACP and a longtime supporter of the HRC. But I want to bring up the Project Angel Food thing because you have released a virtual special called Thelma Houston's Virtually Yours. Mm -hmm. It's available to stream on demand through January 30, 31st of next year, and a portion of the proceeds benefit Project Angel Food. Oh. Um, the link that says, please mention for the direct link to stream on demand. Um, this concert, go to the homepage of www.thelmahouston.com. So um, obviously Stephen Ford, who is <clears throat> your man, and I've known him for years, mm -hmm. uh, he'll kill me if I play any of it. And I don't, cause I don't have a snippet, but um, can you tell us how that came about? Cause it's a virtual concert. It's again, you adapting to what's going on right now. So how did that all come about? Because I was going nuts <laughs> with nothing to do. Um, and uh, 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 Stephen pulled this together and, uh, and I said, well, do a, con a concert with, I said, where, how, do what, when, <laughs> he said, you just, well, it's just a concert and you just do a concert. <laughs> You just do a concert with the concert. And I thought, okay. Anyway, but we, but I was, I figured it, we figured it out. And the biggest challenge for me was not having an audience. Mm -hmm. And so that was, the, you know, the challenge. So I had to make that camera the room. <laughs> so I had to work the camera for the room. And I, and I, and you know, I, it, it was, I, I was happy with it. I was happy with the, and um, I got to do some things that I probably wouldn't get to do in a concert. Like I have um, one of my friends, we did a, we did um, a, um, a Paul McCartney song, um, Let It Be. And we did it, I did it with the cello. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And um, that was very, that was nice. And then I did a gospel thing with just my keyboard player and me with my own, with the tambourine, <laughs> but, but we bought in that. And it turned out, it's, it, it has a pleasant 
you know, it's not like a huge production, which it, you know, couldn't be, but I think it has a good feel to it. I think people feel happy when they see it. Where'd you film it? Where I'm filming this. <laughs> <laughs> so the Thelma used right here at studio at concert hall at Studio Thelma Houston. That's cool. I wish you could see one wall is disco, <laughs> disco balls hanging with the tinsel. <laughs> this is my mantle my christmas thing nice. and i have a library that's in another room <laughs> and i have <laughs> nice hey we we do what you got to do you know we do what we got to do hey i want to ask you another question because uh -huh. i've had the the pleasure and the privilege of seeing you up this close since you're like on the camera mm -hmm. uh, and i am drinking in your features because what part of Mississippi, What, where in Mississippi were you born? I was born in the Delta, in Leland, Mississippi. Okay, because and, and, my, huh? my mother's people, uh, my mother and my aunt uh, and my grandmother, they're from, from Louisville. You look like my grandmother. Really? Have, yeah, you you have the same- The same kind of feature? Area. Your nose is very similar. I'm wonder. I'm really seriously wondering if we're not related. They Could were be. Rileys and Dooleys. Um, hmm. do, do you have any Dooleys in your family? No. Do no. Twenty three and me. We'll figure not it that out. I know of. Not that I. Not that I know of. But, uh, but get. But oh, this is what I just learned recently. Mary Wilson, of the Supremes. Yeah. And I, Mary Wilson, was born in Greenville, Mississippi. Oh, okay. And Greenville, Mississippi and Lila, Mississippi are just like this, right next to each other. Wow. And we're and we're and we're the same age group. So I was thinking, isn't that uh, isn't that something? I'm the same two girl, you know, we're from the same place. She went to Detroit and she had the experience of going with Motown at this early age. My family went to California. I didn't get to go into it, but then at some point we did come to come uh, together. Nice. And that was, it, that's because it, we have, we have, um, we're not doing it this year, of course, because of COVID, but every, like for the last maybe five years, uh, Mary Wilson, uh, Brenda Holloway, um, myself, Claudette Robinson, um, uh, Smokey's ex-wife, and um, uh, Janie, uh, uh, Bradford, who wrote Money, the best, you know, with, with Bear, we all celebrate Christmas and we exchange gifts and it's just us and we just get out and hang out and it's so much fun. And that's when we were just talking, when we found, learned that we were from the same place. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, the Rileys and the Dooleys, I have to remember yeah. that because you never, okay. you know. Here, look, I don't know if you'll be able to see. No, you probably can't. That's my grandmother. Oh, yes. You favor her a lot. Very okay. Pretty. Wow. See? Very pretty. So I'm going to start telling people that you my cousin. Okay. <laughs> this is my cousin. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Thelma's my cousin. Same <laughs> <laughs> features here. <laughs> hey, Thelma. Hey, Thelma. Um, what, what day were you born? I don't need to know yeah. the year. What's your birthday? Um, May 7th. 
Ooh, a Taurus. A fellow yeah. Taurus. Cheryl, go. This is Cheryl with <laughs> you. Well, Thelma, no, I wanted to ask you about your family, really. I wanted to ask you about your parents and were they supportive of your career and were they an inspiration for you? That's just. Well, about- uh, my mom, I didn't, first of all, I didn't meet, <clears throat> I didn't meet my dad until I was in my four. I was 40, about maybe 46 or something like that when I met oh. my father. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But then after I met him, of course, he was supportive. <laughs> he was very supportive. <laughs> um, but but I'm still I'm still very close with my stepmother and my siblings from that side of the family. We're still very close. That's wonderful. That's yeah. Wonderful. Did yeah. you come from a large family? I mean, did you have brothers and sisters? I have, yeah. Uh, I have uh, not a very large family. My I have uh, two siblings, two sisters. Oh. So my, it was my mom and two sisters and my grandmother that raised, you know, we all came to California together. Well, are your sis, were your sisters uh, into music and singing and all of that? Or was that my, just- My one sister, they're both retired now, but one, my, my youngest sister um, was not in the, in the music business. She was in the, um, in the television industry. She worked as a, um, a, a accountant for TV shows. Okay, I forget that's the name of very that's different from your past. <laughs> yeah, and my other sister was worked for the tele. She was uh, worked in the customer service and that kind of, and uh, um, for the telephone uh, company, Pacific Telephone. Were yeah. they musically gifted like you as well? And they, or I mean, does it run in your family that you're well? All- my well, if you ask my one sister, she will say yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but not really no I was I was nobody was an I was the odd one out nobody had been in 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 the entertainment industry that was cold Thelma you know uh that was cold <laughs> well, Thelma, what what was the what is the as of right now? Because you have much, many more years ahead of you. Mm-hmm. As of right now, if you had to say what was the highest point of your career, like something that you just were like wowed about, the, the most memorable part of your career so far. Um, for me, <clears throat> I'm such a a uh, fan of of people in the business, uh, uh, people that I wanted to be around and had admired. When I was at Motown, and I was sitting in the uh, in the office, in the conference room, and I was waiting for a meeting with Suzanne DePass, oh. and there is uh, oh I don't know some of like Smokey comes by and uh, the Temptations and. <laughs> And you know this, and then working with Stevie, those—that's that was highlight for me. I can't say winning a Grammy because when I won the Grammy, I wasn't there; I was at home because <laughs> oh, I didn't think I was gonna win. Oh, <laughs> so I can't no. say that was a highlight. Oh. Uh, uh, you know, them. I think that was it. Just being around people that I admired so much—that was that was it for me. When I look around and say. Damn, I am up in here with them. <laughs> I mean, that's, 
I'm from Detroit, and so you know we're really super proud of Hitsville and that cool little uh, little place on Grand Avenue. What was that like? Because I've seen a couple things about it where like they talk about how it was kind of competitive, but not, and and it was sort of a family thing, but everybody wanted to be because you guys all were on each other's albums and records and stuff. So what what was the camaraderie like with all of those performers there? Well, now that's the part that I enjoy hearing those stories because. I joined the group, joined Motown when they came to move to California. Ah, okay. So yeah, so I wasn't a part of the Detroit uh, uh, part, but I like to hear those stories. And I went there, I, I just, matter of fact, I just went to Hitsville, oh God, maybe 10 years, 20, maybe some years, 20, 10, 12 mm -hmm. years ago or something for the first time. And I was amazed at how small it is. <laughs> And in that little room where everybody was, I thought, how did all those people fit up in this little room? <laughs> you know, it was amazing. And then to see the, the living quarters of where Barry was living with his family and all that in there, it was, but um, I love hearing the stories that they tell yeah. about it at that time. But by the time they came to California, uh, I think they were spreading out into the movie industry and, things changed somewhat. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, it, that that part of it was not, uh, I didn't have like the Supremes and the Temptations singing back up on myself. <laughs> you know what, Thelma? It's their loss. They're <laughs> lost, okay? Um, now, back in the day in general, and I don't know, I mean, there used to be obviously rivalry. Did you mm -hmm. ever, did they ever pit you against someone as a as a rival, like, for competitive purposes not to my not to my knowledge okay cool no exactly because sometimes I mean because obviously you know back in the day and even now I mean they just like it's like they, they, they the record labels have the different record labels to compete against each other will sort of manipulate some sort of competitiveness between this artist and that artist and I um, yeah for publicity and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> not that I, like I said, not that I'm aware of. Well, that's good. That's there could have been a lot of it going on. I just was so oblivious. I was just so happy to be there. <laughs> I mean, wait a minute now. Who's going to compete with Thelma Houston? I know, you would have won. Nobody's going to compete with her. Are you kidding? No, no, of course not. No, I, I look, I'm just asking a question. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're trying to start something, y'all. <laughs> um, lesbian drama. We all know and love it. Um, Thelma, have you ever been married? Do you have children or? I've been married three times. Good for you. Mm. Yeah, okay. and I do have children. I have two. I have two children, four grandchildren and two great-grandchildren. Wow. Oh. And are any of them in the business? My my um, second, let's see, she's my second grandchild. Is just got her master's in music. Wow, wow. Uh, but she's gonna use her music to go, and I think she she wants to do go into music therapy. Oh wow, that's amazing! Wow, I don't think she's yeah. My son, uh, who is on this, he's in the virtual uh, thing. He he travels with me as my road manager, but he also dances. We have we have a couple of dance numbers that we do in my show, so he's on the on the virtual thing. And he's we wrote a song 
together and he's rapping on it. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. And um, let's see who else. And my daughter, my daughter sings very, very well, but she's never, she never really wanted to um, go for it. You know, she, mm-hmm. she, yeah, but she's a very good singer, but she sings in a choir and she sings with a group and, you know, so she's happy doing that. And it's her daughter that got the master's degree. Ah, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I'd love to hear your son rap with on a song with you. Oh, he is. He's on that. He's on that virtual thing. He's rapping. Oh, I think that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Awesome to hear that. Yeah. So I love when I love when it's a family affair. It's 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 really sort of cool. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Anselm, well, you guys both mentioned playing in the UK, and I know I talked to Janet Robin, and she does a lot of stuff in the UK. Beth Hart, like huge in the UK. Mm-hmm. What is it about the UK that is so good for female artists that that you guys? Because they like us, and they remember <laughs> us, and they remember us not just about what have you done lately. They remember they yeah. they know your musical career, they know your history, and they're Very loyal. Yes. yes, that's Very why. That, that's why for me. They're not like in the U.S., are they? They're what? what? They're not like Europe in the U.S., obviously, in that way, where they don't. No, like they're not. No, them. yeah. No, they, they, they are, they're very loyal to me. Yeah. Yeah. And they, I would, say, I would say Europe is too, though. But the, the reason I moved there to really <laughs> launch my solo career off the back of the first Pink Floyd tour that I did mm-hmm. was because. I could go there and do house music and do different kinds of music. And here I was being told, you got to do R&B. Because this yeah. was back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. They didn't want me to be singing anything other than Negro music, yeah. basically. <laughs> and yeah. I figured I would be like Nana Cherry and like even Donna Summer and like Jimi Hendrix and come over as like an import. And then I would have a little bit more freedom in the kind of music that I could do. Mm-hmm. You did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was wondering for Thelma, um, you, you know, they put you, like you said, as far as I understood, um, in a disco box. Is that what they've, have you, what other? Well, it was, it was a disc, it was a disco box after Don't Leave Me This Way. Okay. Prior to that, it was, they didn't quite know what kind of box to put me in (laughs) because I was singing pop. I was singing whatever I wanted to sing, you know, because I wasn't thinking about. I would think that would be great, but I guess they have their product that they want to focus. Or they want to, they have their product. They have their way of thing and how they want it to do. And they want you to fit. They, they, they have this thing and they want you to fit within that thing. They don't want to figure out what to do with you as an individual and what you're, you know, that's too hard. But what they yeah. did, but they were smart in a way because they took, for me, they took all these amazing vocalists in the disco era, like, you know, yourself, Gloria Gaynor, Vicky Sue Rob. I mean, the list goes on about all the, the ladies, the divas that came from a very similar background, but they didn't know what to do with them. So mm. here comes disco and it's all of a sudden women of color, 99% of those disco anthems were sung by women of color. 
who had amazing, you all had amazing voices and it really showcased your voices. But then a lot of, like you had a career and a longevity after, but right after the disco era, a lot of those women didn't do anything mm. because they didn't have a place. And it that that was sad for me because mm. it's like they, everyone, remember when disco was popular, Everyone's after it's like let disco die, disco sucks, disco this, disco that. And yet that was the best time, I think, in my life, in my generation, because I, I I mean I came to I mean I'm 57. So I was disco and then the 80s. Mm -hmm. That to me still between the disco and then the 80s was the best time musically mm -hmm. in, in my lifetime to be around because people were experimental. And now, for me, every R&B sounds, sounds the same. Sounds Everything, you could just take out this and just drop this in and it'll fit right along with it. Everything is the same. It's the same. And, and it's sad. It is. Yeah. It's mean, the production. A lot of the producers, they're using the same effects and the same programming and they're all on Pro Tools or whatever the hell they're using. And mm -hmm. it all has a homogenous quality Whereas back then, you know, with a lot of the technology, a lot of it was new. So people were using stuff in ways you weren't mm -hmm. supposed to. And it actually even went back to the 70s. And like Pink Floyd, you know, they mm -hmm. were running vocals through a Leslie amp, which is normally used with a, with a Hammond keyboard or something, and making this swirly sound that no one had ever heard before. Mm -hmm. But people were like, well, what happens when I push this button and put the voice through here? So you got these iconic sounds mm -hmm. that... And now it's all- but that's the thing, Durga, they stopped experimenting. After yeah. like the 80s, they stopped experimenting. And I thought, I think my opinion, it stopped about being about the music. It became about how the much business. money we could bring in. That's what it became. That's when, when the suit, when they start looking at that bottom line. Yep. And that, that became the thing. Well, then how- where, where, what, what is regardless of what the audience, what the art artists did, or how they sounded, or how good they were, whatever. What is the bottom line? Did they bring in anything? Oh well, mm. I think it's no. funny that MTV, the very first video they played was "Video Killed the Radio Star," yeah. <laughs> where that was edited. They knew what that would do to music. You would mm -hmm. it's be now about the this. It's gonna yeah. be this. and that's when it became about that. It's all became 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 visual. Because back, because even in the seventies and eighties and even the sixties, because the sixties was progressive in many ways. I mean, I used to love. It was sort of like my game. I would close my eyes and not know what my friend was going to play, and I would go, "That's Annie Lennox," or "That's David Bowie," or that because the voices were so distinct. So distinct. Mm -hmm. And now, seriously, again. They all sound the same. And what's that yeah, thing called auto-tune? What's that Ooh. shit called auto-tune? Everybody's got that yeah. fucking auto-tune. Yeah. yeah. Horrible. Um, what, there's well, certain categories. There's like the, the wispy sort of voice. And then there's the, the R&B-ish kind of run all over the place kind of voice. And there's so many songs now. I'm like, who the hell is this? I don't know. It, it, could, be, it could literally be anybody. Mark, yeah. you have something to say? I was just going to say how much control, like this goes to Durga and Thelma, how much control do you feel you have over your own original creative, <laughs> uh, you know, the burst from inside? How much do you get to keep of that? And how much goes on the chopping floor? Because it's not your fault or it's not your decision, but it's the record labels or the producers. 
I'll let you Well, I think that I think for one thing, <clears throat> excuse me, it has a lot to do with if you're writing your own material. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you write your own material, then you pretty much can have a little bit more, you have more, not a little bit, but you have more control mm. over what you do, what you, you know, and because if you're the writer of it, then you pretty much nowadays, you're going to be the producer too. Okay. Okay. And All so right. you'll have that, but, but other than that, uh, it was up to whoever the producer was. The producer and the mixer and then and then you then then there becomes people like at the record company says well mm -hmm. i think that doesn't mm, we put some more horns in there oh wow uh, yeah oh, and that's a cowbell and a tambourine i, I love, love the cowbell <laughs> fellas i got a fever and the only <laughs> prescription is more cowbell sorry no, yes I mean, the, the yes i love I that sketch when i was had my first deal I knew I was new although I knew my instincts were sound but I was up against this old boys club in the UK and the producer and the record label were all like oh well, we believe in his vision and I told them what made our music work and they didn't believe me and then I was proved right so Ooh. and and then um I wanted to after the first album came out and we had big singles and stuff I wanted to move in a more acoustic neo soul kind of direction, like Desiree, basically. And I said, this is what I really want to do because Joni Mitchell's my hero. And they're like, no, we don't really hear it for you. And I think we'll stick with the house sort of thing. And Desiree broke six months later. I was furious and I was like, you see, see, you should let me do it. And they didn't. So uh, anyway. Their loss, I mean, fortunately, it was their loss for you and their shortcomings for something yeah. that they could have capitalized at the bottom line for you. Mm -hmm. Well, ladies, um, guess what? It is time oh. to say goodnight. Um, we are at the end of our show. Um, it's been an hour and a half. I don't know where the hour and a half went. Um, <laughs> but when you have Thelma Houston, it's timeless. It's endless and timeless. So I just want to I just I just want to say that Thelma's website, ThelmaHouston.com, please check out her Thelma Houston's Virtually Yours to download on demand through January 31st. That's ThelmaHouston.com. Thelma has a Facebook page, so please like her Facebook page, Thelma Houston Official. That is her official page. Um, she's on Instagram, at Thelma Houston Official as well, and she's Twittering. Do you Twitter? It's at Thelma <laughs> underscore Houston. I don't Twitter. I can't say. I'm, I'm a social media hound. I cannot stand Twitter. Oh, um, I know. <laughs> um, and also, you know, again, that Thelma's new song, with legendary Jimmy Webb called Somebody Is... He's, Someone is, is one? Someone is, is Standing Outside. All right, Stephen Ford typed somebody. So someone is standing outside. Um, it's streaming on all music platforms. Um, we had it here on YouTube. So please check that out, um, share it. It has a beautiful message about the times right now. That's an empowerment song. It's, it's a different form of an anthem, but if it's an, it's an anthem for today's society and what we're going on. So please download that, um, you know, go into Thelma's catalog. I think she still makes money from that. Download all her music, especially don't leave me this way. I love that. Um, and Thelma, I just want to say thank you so much for coming. It is an honor. Um, this is our Christmas show, the last show of this decade, not decade. Well, my, it should be a decade. I know. <laughs> um, 
I, I just want to say, really, it is an honor and a pleasure. Um, everyone, you know, this is what we're about. It's about love. It's about taking care of each other. It's about, you know, I'm a rule breaker, but when it comes to life and death, don't break those rules. We got we to gotta do the rules. And, 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 do the rules. and follow the science because they know this thing. We don't. Exactly. Everybody on this call, we're creatives, we're eclectic, we're eccentric. We are the people that go left when everybody goes right. But sometimes you just got to follow gotta, the right way. And do. it's not about keeping yourself healthy, but it's also having responsibility for your neighbor. And this is the problem of this country with the last four years. It's always been a selfish, egocentric. Very selfish, and we don't want that. That's why we don't want to go. So Biden is in, Kamala's in, this is the new hope, the future, but every bit of our self helps. So please, let's go back to the old adage. Let's love your neighbor. Be kind, be compassionate, have empathy. This is, it's hope. And it will always be about those of us that always have hope and love is in our hearts. Exactly. And that is what Thelma Houston embodies for me in her music. So thank you, Thelma. I love you. Thank you. I love, I love you too. And thank you so much. And someday soon, we'll be all in your front row singing and, and your backup singers on stage. Yes. We've got our own choir. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much. Blessed, blessed holidays. Happy New Year. And I do hope to see you soon. And please be safe, sweetheart. Okay, thank you. And same to everybody else. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Noble. Yes. Oh, our Christmas holiday tart. Yes. We're, I'm just having uh, a in with my uh, son and his wife or his future wife, just the three of us. And we're going to have Chateaubriand and Yorkshire puddings. Oh, that's nice. good. Nice. Wonderful. Mara, happy Hanukkah. Um, uh, what, what, what are you doing for Christmas too now? Anything? Well, we're actually, we only celebrate Christmas. It's, I hate to say what that. What kind of Jew are you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, but um, yeah, I'm going to be going to my dad's uh, for Christmas as I always do. He's in Palm Desert, kind of by Palm Springs with my sister and just have really having a nice, I haven't seen him for months. So it's going to be a really special Christmas to see him. Wonderful. Um, Cheryl, what are you doing? And could you take Could you just give us a quick meditation for the new year before you leave? Just something really small so we can all, and then I'll say thank you to Durga and Jenny. Yeah, no, no, I'd love to. Uh, I just quickly, I'm going to be just spending a very quiet Christmas with my mother and brother. So just as we did in Thanksgiving, but if I could just tell you guys for the new year, we just have so much peace. We have, we already have so much to be grateful for. We just need to remember that. And I think moving forward and being mindful of each other is really going to open up 2021 for us to have a really a bright and abundant year. Really. Is. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. Um, Durga. You're, yes. going, you're going back to Rome, aren't you? On January 6th. I arrived here on Christmas Day last year. So I've been here a whole year. I would never intended to be here this long. Uh, but I've just been allowing myself to go where the universe is pointing me. And I was meant to be here during this pandemic. I've been warm. I've been housed. I've been fed. Uh, and I've had a lot of time to just be with myself which I think we all really needed. I think that's why the universe put us on a timeout 
to be in self. And a lot of people have found that very confronting, mm -hmm. but it's been necessary. Uh, and I'm trying to still see what that this time has produced in myself. Uh, and I'm just trying to stay focused. Um, for Christmas, I may stop. Uh, I was invited today to my friend's house that I had Thanksgiving with, but I may spend this Christmas like I did last year all by myself. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. And one, uh, one last thing, go to McBroomSisters.com and get Black Floyd, the album that I did with my sister. It makes a great Christmas present. And awesome. it's really good. <laughs> and Jenny McNulty. Uh, first quick question. So is that covers of Pink Floyd? Uh, half covers and half originals. Some of them with the guys that we toured with, with Pink Floyd. John Cameron, Guy Pratt. My sister wrote a song with Lemmy from Motorhead that's on there. So it's, yeah, half, half, half originals and half Floyd covers sung by women. Excellent. Yeah. And, and McBroomSisters.com, did you say? Yeah, the okay. McBroomSisters.com. Yeah. Excellent. That's awesome. And um, what are you doing? I am going to be going to my sister's house. We're going to go get my mom and just have a very small little family. Her, her son is, uh, goes to USC and he'll be there. We're all getting COVID tested a few days before to be safe and um, hanging out and, you know, just getting ready and uh, hopefully having a nice, happy, safe holiday. Yes, in the last two weeks, I've had 10 COVID tests because I've had two issues. <laughs> um, anyway, it's my birthday. Uh, my birthday is December 27th. And last year we were celebrating at a friend's house with 325 people. And now it's just going to be me and my mom um, and my oh. roommate. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's like, look, my mother lives with me. So, you know, it's, um, it's important for me to be safe for her to be safe. Um, cause I really, I mean, I have enough guilt being Italian and an only child. I don't want to like have the guilt of, oh my God, you fucked up. So you killed your mother. That would yeah, not right. go over well. So, um, so in any event, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hanukkah, Hanukkah. Um, and let's pray and like really pray and put out in the universe. It's going to be a wonderful 2021. Okay. okay. Thank you, everyone. Bye. 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 Thank you, Tony. Cue the song.